Hi, this is Tim and Dole. Welcome to Midwest Hunting and Outdoors by Two Dumbasses, a podcast about the outdoors, hunting, and being a steward of the land. Iowa-Missouri Hybrids has been a family-owned business since the 1930s. Located in historic Keosauqua, Iowa, Aaron and his team are a one-stop shop for farmers, hunters, and landowners for your conservation program, CRP, food plots, and all planting needs. Give Aaron at IMH a call and tell him the two dumbasses sent you. Established in 1934, Pete & Shorty's is located on Main Street, Clarksville, Iowa. Pete & Shorty's is famous for their half-pound burgers, hand-breaded tenderloins, and homemade pizza. The beer is always cold, and the Bloody Marys are the best in town. Stop in and tell Mike and Amy that the two dumbasses sent you. Welcome to the Midwest Hunting Outdoors by Two Dumbasses. Uh, our guest today is Tyler Harms with the Iowa uh, DNR. And Tyler, I know in a previous episode you did a little, you know, introduction of yourself, but uh, can you just revisit that real quick and summarize who you are and what you do for the Iowa DNR? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks very much, Joel and Tim, for having me on again. Happy to be chatting with you both. It's a lot of fun the last time. So I'm currently the biometrician for the Iowa DNR as well as the deer program leader. So essentially what that means is that I, as a biometrician, I provide research and survey guidance to our Wildlife Bureau on anything related to um, wildlife research and survey design. But then also as the deer program leader, I handle essentially everything related to white-tailed deer um, management in the state. So uh, what that really entails is summarizing the harvest, which we'll talk a little bit about today, um, making regulations, changes, and management recommendations, and then also just providing information to our field staff on what population and habitat management for white-tailed deer looks like in the state of Iowa. I'm just kind of laughing to myself because as, with every job description, there's always a little asterisk that's always at the end, right? And then it's, it always says, and anything else basically your boss says <laughs> that you need to be doing. That's exactly Do you right. have one of those asterisks on your... Uh, Job description. I do, I do for sure. Yeah, especially on my on my on the biometrician side of things, it, I, that kind of catches a lot of so now a last, lot of different areas. So last time we did trumpeter swans, That's right? right? So That's not, right. I mean, you done anything fun like trumpeter swans? I haven't really? done any trumpeter swan work recently. Although uh, what has been fun is so we, if you recall, we put GPS collars on those swans, and so the fun part now is well, the fun part is catching them in the field, sure. right? But but what's equally fun, at least in my opinion, as a data guy, is, is watching where those birds go. And so we're, we're tracking them right now. And uh, we just talked about this this morning, actually. Um, it was really interesting here in the last week or two. So most of these swans, will, they'll hang out in Iowa or maybe just south of us for the most part throughout the winter. You know, they're a big, hardy bird. They can handle these, these cold snaps. Uh, but last week... It looks like it got just a little bit too cold for quite a few of them because it, it was interesting. Almost all of the birds flew further south last week. A wow. lot of them flew down further south into Missouri or into, into Kansas. We do have some birds that are still hanging out in Iowa, but it was just funny to see those movements. They're like, yeah, this is just getting a little too cold for me. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think I'll bump down a little further south. So uh, it was really interesting. I think that and the half, of, half the population of uh, Iowa, right, probably did the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't doubt it. Yeah. Um, with that said, let's talk. Uh, this episode is all about 
you know, 2020 harvest. Uh, my understanding is, is the, these numbers haven't been um, publicated yet. They're usually publicated in the fall. Is that? Um... Well, so the harvest summary, we'll, we'll um, get ready to publish that here in the next week or two. And, okay. and we usually make that information available at our public listening sessions, which are coming up here. Okay. So, yeah. But folks are going to hear it first here on, on this episode. So That's right. yeah. let's get into uh, the 2020 harvest. So where, where, would, where would you like to start as far as talking about it. Sure. So I always like to just start with talking about things at the statewide level, right? That's really what we, we like to manage. And so uh, we summarize harvest and license sales at the statewide level. Uh, we do harvest and license sales because uh, the license sales part is a, is a really important component because uh, obviously the number of deer that are harvested in the state is going to depend on the number of licenses and hunters that are out there. So that, that license sales component allows us to somewhat standardize that harvest. Uh, and so for the 2020 season, we harvested 109,549 deer statewide, which is about a 10% increase uh, compared to last year. Uh, we also sold about 340,000 deer licenses last year, which is right around 160,000 hunters. Uh, and that, that actually saw a 6% increase between last year and, um, why well, say last year, 2019 and 2020. Uh, and so we saw increase both license sales and harvest this past year. So what, so what do you attribute that to? I mean, what, I mean, 6% seems significant. Yeah, so it is actually. That's the 6% increase in license sales is the largest increase in deer license sales we've seen since 2005. Wow. Um, so the, I think the, the more interesting thing, and maybe we can get into this a little bit later, is that the number of hunters stayed relatively stable, almost exactly the same as last year. So I think you know, what that probably tells us is that we've got the same hunters and, and those folks just got out and purchased more licenses last year. That six percent increase isn't—it's it, on par with with um, sales trends that we're seeing in other hunting and fishing licenses. So spring turkey license sales were were higher this last spring than the, what they have been. I think we saw a twelve percent increase in spring turkey license sales. Fishing license sales in Iowa are also on the increase, uh, and this this trend is actually being observed in other Midwest states as well. And I think the, the best explanation for it is the COVID-19 pandemic. People are at home, they're working from home, um, you know, they're, they're needing a reason to get outside, they have more time to get outside. And so hunting and fishing, we know, is a very popular recreational activity, perfect way to do that. Yeah, it makes sense. That yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and the data seems to support that with what I think I heard you say was, same number of group of hunters, size of hunters, but they purchase more tags. Yeah, yeah, and that actually is a little bit different for the deer hunters, and that was that was something that somewhat surprised me because what we've what we've been seeing is that um, in, for like spring turkey licenses, for example, uh, we did recruit some some new hunters or at least hunters that maybe haven't hunted turkeys in the last ten years, but maybe did when they were younger. Um, so we did add what you might be able to call new people to, to that bunch, but it kind of seems like, at least with, with deer, that, that might not be the case. Now, you know, we could, have, we could have lost some folks and gained some folks. You know, there's ebb and flow in there that, that sure. we really don't tease out necessarily, but, yeah, the, numbers, the, the number of hunters stayed the same. It's just the licenses went up. And there really wasn't any 
you know, new hunting seasons or categories of hunting that um, than previous years? Nothing really changed. No, um, you know, we we do we did increase the number of antlerless licenses available last year, uh, both through our county antlerless license quotas, and then also. Um, you know, we have these special chronic wasting disease hunts as well that allow additional antlerless harvest opportunities. But, uh, but those really aren't new. You know, they've, they've been around for, for a while. So, mm. so I, I do think it's, uh, you know, we, while we can never really put our finger on it, I think it's, it's a, a pretty strong speculation, um, appropriate speculation to think that that was because people just have more time to get out in the field yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah that's good within that big number you know if you break it down by shotgun bow muzzle loading those are kind of the big three yeah um equally distributed did all of those rise um, any if you wanted to stratify those down can you talk to that yeah yeah so you know with a 10 percent increase oftentimes we, we see an increase across the board in all of our seasons uh, the biggest increases if you break it down by season actually came during our muzzleloader seasons hmm. both the early and late muzzleloaders saw about a 20 25 percent on average increase um, in uh, in harvest last year uh, i think one the the one component of the harvest that I was most excited about, guys, was a youth season. Our youth licenses saw a 47% increase in harvest. Wow, that's, that's great. That yeah. gets me pretty fired up, right? It's yeah. The, our, our youth are getting after it, which is, which is fantastic. The remainder of the seasons, Joel, you know, they, uh, it was kind of hovering right around that 6 to 10% increase in harvest overall, archery season, shotgun seasons, for the most part. So, so... Cool. Yeah, that's all, that's exciting about the youth and and uh, honestly the muzzleloading. It, uh, that's that's really cool. Yeah, really cool. The hundred and nine plus deer um, taken is that. How does that compare to the goal that you guys have set? It's right smack in the middle of it, which is right where we want to be. So our population goal is an annual harvest of one hundred to one hundred and twenty thousand deer. So one hundred and ten thousand. Perfect. We're right, right in the middle. Yeah, it's right, right where we want to be, and and really, that's where you know we've been trying to keep it more or less at that level for the past several years. You know, and in the mid two thousands is when um, we were at our peak, and I think for the most part, everyone in Iowa was was in agreement that there were probably a few too many deer running around, and so we we were aggressive with our management from two thousand six to to two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen, we hit that that goal level, we harvested just shy of 100,000 deer in 2013. Uh, and so we've been sitting right at that level, more or less, with just a slight increase here in the last five years. If I remember, it was like 99,999, right? Yeah, last year. I was giving you grief that, come on, you can't get one more deer to make <laughs> I it. I know, I know. Yeah, last year that was, that was pretty interesting. I think the year before that was 105,000, give or take. So we've been just kind of hovering right around that low 100,000s mark. All good stuff, right? All, all positives were, you know, if I had to drag us down in the dirt and say, was there any downside this year um, in the harvest? Is there any bad news? No. I mean, really, from a, from a harvest standpoint, I don't, I don't think there was. Uh, you know, we're right on par with our goal for harvest. We saw increase in license sales. 
the weather, I think, for the most part, was pretty favorable for for a lot of the seasons. I heard some grumblings about the about the mild weather during the shotgun seasons, but we still saw an increase in harvest. So uh, I think it was a you know overall it was a it was a good year to get out and hunt deer and 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 you know last year I think we talked about this. We had our we had our uh, hemorrhagic disease outbreak and sure. lots of folks. I'm sure many of your listeners were concerned about that last year and there was a lot of concern coming into this year with what what the numbers might be because it was you know it was our second largest outbreak of that disease we've seen in Iowa and and uh, you know the fact that harvest bounced right back up to to where we were the year before the disease outbreak um, you know that's a good thing yeah and, sure and and from what I heard from hunters in the field um, you know overwhelmingly folks were saying yeah we're you know we're seeing the numbers um, still heard some folks saying maybe there's some residual effects of the disease outbreak, but for the most part, people were happy with what they were seeing in the field. So yeah. overall, a good season. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. Good. Tim, anything else that you... Questions? You know, so with, uh, you know, we're into 2021. I know we're talking 2020 season. Any concerns about the weather that we've been having so far here, January, February, impacting the deer herd? <clears throat> Yeah, that's a great question, and I, I'm glad you asked it, Tim, because I have started to get some reports from folks that um, are starting to see some some stressed deer. You know, it's been cold. Uh, we've got a lot of snow on the ground. I know down in your neck of the woods, you've got that layer of ice underneath all the snow, and that makes it really hard for them to get down and and, and forage food. and find food. And so, um, you know, there, I am getting some reports. Um, you know, it's hard to say at this point what it's going to do. We might see some local changes in populations if it's if it's real bad in areas, but uh, but you know for the most part deer are pretty resilient critters and and we're we're starting to see a warm up here, so I'm hoping that that uh, that the weather's going to change for the better for us. And, Good. Um, but encourage folks if you know if you are seeing um, some deer that are that are looking stressed out or or seeing seeing behaviors or um, or things like that 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 might suggest that deer are stressed. Be happy to take those reports. Um, we do monitor those to some extent to, um, you know, it helps us kind of learn and 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 determine what might be happening this winter, so that when we start to collect survey data again this spring, uh, we can we can use those observations to help inform what we're seeing in the data. Very good. Yeah. Awesome. Tim, nope. anything else? Nope, that does it. Tyler, thank you so much. Um, you know, sounds like a you know if we had to summarize the 2020 season, sounds like a perfect season numbers are up percentages are up and really good to hear about the youth right oh, yeah 50 increase almost that's yeah, amazing yeah. that's great we'll see it but uh thank you so much and uh until the next episode tim yeah be, be safe, safe have, have fun, fun and get, get outdoors. outdoors thanks for listening or watching our show we have some exciting topics and guests coming up we ask that you subscribe to our channel on YouTube and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to hearing your suggestions for topics, questions, and comments. This is Two Dumbasses signing off. Until next time, be, be safe, safe, have, have fun, fun, and, and get, get outdoors. outdoors.